Hey guys, it's Tony. I'm here to talk to you about Awaken Conference. Now, Awaken is a young adult gathering in Charlotte, North Carolina from January 31st to February 2nd, 2020. And it's meant to help you recharge your spiritual life and connect with a community that you can grow your faith alongside. Now, this year's presenters include a killer lineup with Caleb Isley of Humans of Adventism and, of course, a friend of the podcast. He's been on a few episodes. Kim Cove, a licensed counselor, and Randy Ban, the creative producer at Nike World Headquarters. The keynotes will be brought by Ben Lundquist of the Rise and Lead podcast, uh, a good friend of mine and an amazing speaker. Trust me, guys, you will not want to miss out. And Absurdity will be there. So me and Becker, uh, you get, get to see us if you come out. Uh, would love to come and talk to you. We absolutely think that this is something you're going to want to come and see. Speaking of, if you enter the code Absurdity at awakennc.com, that's Absurdity, A-B-S-U-R-D-I-T-Y, at awakennc.com, you're going to get a 10% discount. We'd love to see you there. This is absolutely something that we support, and we think that Awaken is a part of the growing church movement that we want to see moving forward. Once again, if you enter code absurdity at awakennc.com, you'll get a 10% discount off the initial price. Love to see you guys there. Yeah, so I, I think Adventists don't really understand that, you know, there's there's a wide spectrum of people that are just completely, you know, they have one foot out the door, they're there, but they're not really there or they're just gone. I was someone who decided that, you know, I have gone to an Adventist school my whole life. My circle of friends and people that I know and care about are pretty much exclusively Adventist. So I decided that, you know, that was not going to be something I did. Again, I don't think all people have that luxury, uh, but I, I was able to do that. Uh, now, it wasn't always easy, um, but it wasn't exactly hard either. You're listening to Absurdity with Ryan Becker, the podcast where we embrace the absurdity of everything. From here, we can move conversations forward by learning how to communicate effectively, listen intently, and love patiently. Welcome to Absurdity. Hey guys, welcome back to Absurdity. I am Ryan Becker. I'm so glad you are listening. And this week, I am really excited because it is the first episode in an ongoing series that I'm going to be doing that I'm calling Leaving Faith. Uh, and basically, the focus of this series is to talk about people who've left the Christian faith and talk with people who've left the Christian faith. I want to hear their stories. I want to know um, what drove them out, what has their connection and interaction been with the church um, since they left, what was the fallout, things like that. The reason being, I want to learn. I want to have good conversation um, about faith and about these kind of harder areas that we are sometimes afraid to talk about. And I am, I, I wish I could tell you how grateful I am for this first guest, because um, not only is he someone who is level-headed and is willing to have these conversations with me, um, but he's also been one of my best friends since basically I was in second grade. And I'm 25 now, so like 12, 13, 14, 15 years, something like that. Um, we've been friends, and I am so grateful for him in my life. His name is Jace Kara, uh, and you're going to hear his story. And he and I have kind of talked about this for years. We've come to a level of mutual respect for each other and understanding that we've come to our um, our 
our stances or our camps um, as a result of study on our own time and independently, and we know what we're talking about. And so we, we have this mutual respect where neither of us is trying to change each other's mind anymore, but we're just having conversations. Um, he'll oftentimes ask me, hey, what's the, what's the Adventist view on this? And I'll, and I'll run something by him and say, hey, how do you respond to this? Or how would you respond to this? And it really helps me sharpen my vocabulary in my mind when it comes to these conversations. But before we jump into his conversation, I do want to give you a few clarifications and notes um, as you head into this conversation. First of all, he's going to share an experience with a church of his that um, I went to, I know of very well. Um, it's a church that I love. The, I love the people there, and I and I know this situation kind of inside and out. Um, he did accidentally say the name of the church in the episode, so I'm going to bleep that out. Um, I'll make sure the bleep isn't going to like blow your eardrums, but... I'm going to bleep that out so um, for out of respect for the church's privacy. However, uh, because a lot of our friends listen to this, I do want to make this clear as well. The story he's going to tell um, is not meant to be a reflection on the leadership of that church as the issue that he ended up having um, inside the church um, what had to do with actual attendees, and I never even found out their names, so it's not even something I would I could release even if I wanted to, and I don't. Um, but I do want to let you know um, that it is not an issue with the leadership of that church, and it wasn't something. So so the conversation that's going to take place, though we talk about an experience in a church, it is not meant to be de- derogatory towards that church. It's not meant to slander that church. It's just meant to be honest about an experience that happened in that church. And in fact, um, Jace actually told me after we had this conversation that um, one of the leadership members that he was working with was actually one of the few uh, Seventh-day Adventists who kept him from becoming a, a total cynic. So um, really, really appreciate that church, and, and I want them to know that as well. Um, lastly, um, I want you to know uh, that this is just a conversation between friends. And so this isn't a conversation meant to change minds. This isn't a conversation meant to convert someone or for him to convert me. This is just a conversation. And so I hope you go into it with the intent to listen and to understand, because I think there's a lot of beauty in this conversation. I really loved this conversation. And honestly, it's probably my favorite conversation I've had on this show. Um, I just, I love having these kind of conversations with people. So I'm excited for you to get to it. I've hyped it up and now it's probably, it's going to be like when I tell someone how awesome Chipotle is and then I take them there and they're like, it wasn't as awesome as you said. To which I would counter, you're just wrong in that instance. But uh, one final thing before we get to the conversation. If you are interested in sharing your story on the podcast, no matter what your experience with the church has been, Adventist or non-Adventist, and you've left faith to either another faith or no faith, um, I would encourage you to just reach out to me. If you're encouraged by this conversation, I want to let you know that if you're scared to share your story um, or you're afraid of, you know, what the conversation will turn into, you can use this episode as a model. I'm not looking to attack anyone. I'm not looking to attack anyone's beliefs. I'm just looking to learn and have good conversation with people. So thanks guys so much for listening. Without further ado, here is Jace Kara. Jace, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Why don't you tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself? Hey, Ryan. Thanks for having me on. Uh, definitely appreciate being on here. Love what you're doing with the podcast. Uh, love that you're you know, opening a lot of really good discussions. I think that's great. Um, so a quick introduction. My name is Jace. Uh, I have known you for quite some time now, actually. We uh, went to Fleece, went to FLA, did the whole, uh, you know, uh, 
elementary to high school pipeline that plenty of other SDAs are you know very well familiar with. Um, I afterwards went into information technology. Uh, you know, I'm sort of a serial entrepreneur. Um, done a lot of work with uh, application development, uh, information system deployment. Um, you know, just kind of your general uh, nerd, I guess, would be the best way to sum it up in one word. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But you're the best kind of nerd I know, so it's totally fine with me. I definitely appreciate that. It's it's nice to know there are there are nerds that uh, good nerds and bad nerds. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think there's good and bad of everything, um, and that's that's oh, certainly and that's certainly. definitely coming from my Christian worldview as well. Um, there are good and bad pastors. There are I I I tend to on occasion be in the and category um because i make mistakes too but um dude I'm, I'm really glad that you're in my life i'm glad i've known you for so long and i'm really really excited to be having this conversation with you um you're one of the few people that i i, I think we we've talked about this so much with each other that we've come to this place of mutual respect now that we can have this conversation without offending our, each other or um, i think so yeah and, it, and it's funny because you know a lot of times you know an outsider might even think man these guys are you know but we've done this we've talked so many times that, you know, it, it really is, uh, you know, natural at this point. I, I don't even think of it. It really is a conversation at this point. Yeah. And I think that's good. I think that it's unfortunate that more people with different viewpoints, you know, don't kind of take that conversational approach that, that we've been lucky to kind of build over the years. Absolutely. So let's let's kind of dive in here. And I'm going to ask you a lot of questions that you already know I know the answer to, but our listeners don't. Right. So um, t- why don't you tell us, what do you currently believe? Sure. So... I guess the the best way to sum it up would be, and this is pretty lazy, but uh, I don't believe anything. Okay, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, uh, but obviously, that's you know that's that's kind of uh, you know a lazy answer that requires more explanation because obviously I believe in some things. I mean, everybody believes in you know certain things. Um, so you know, I, I believe in you know working towards building a better future for myself and you know the world at large. I believe in you know, trying to be the best person I can be. Uh, Obviously that's sort of, you know, broad and vague and people define that differently. But um, so, you know, those things I do believe, but obviously pertaining to, you know, the religious or spiritual question. No, I I don't believe anything. I would definitely consider myself an atheist. Okay. Um, So let's, so we're going to, we're going to, kind of just talk about your deconversion experience, I guess, from, from part one here. So um, you're an atheist now Uh, you've been an atheist for, I guess at this point, the majority of the time that I've known you Um, it's actually pretty close to midway through uh, at this point in our friendship, actually. Um, So what was the trigger for you? What was the first domino that fell in your beliefs? Um, you know, that's, it's kind of funny. That's, it's pretty difficult to pinpoint. Um, and I, and I think it's funny cause that's sort of, you know, it's very human to like say, want to say, you know, what was the one specific thing, you know, when really generally it's a sort of a collection of things that kind of takes you down a path, I, I guess might yeah. be a better way to put it. But, you know, thinking back, I, I would say that from a very young age, I was definitely, um, you know, very skeptical type of person, you know, wouldn't generally take someone's word for something, even if they were a teacher. That obviously got me into trouble sometimes, you know, (laughs) because generally in, you know, elementary school, you're not supposed to question your teacher for good reason. You know, they're, you know, it's a learning experience. It's not really, you know, it's debate comes later, you know, I mean, college. But um, yeah, so, you know, from a very early age, I think I figured out that, you know, 
uh, I would have to kind of find my own answers, um, you know, and, and not really just kind of, you know, take anybody for, for the word. So I, I think that kind of grew. Um, I would say that probably in middle school, I do remember, you know, around that time, and, I, and I'm sure you're going to remember this, and probably most people that are listening is going to remember this, around sixth grade, um, there's a movie that come out, Passion of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you may or may not have heard of that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're right. Um, and I remember watching that. So around that time period, I was still, you know, I, I, would, I would say probably, uh, you know, a, a fairly active Christian. You know, I, I considered a very important part of my life. Um, you know, I think I was always definitely maybe not as, you know, strictly Adventist as a lot of people were, I definitely considered myself an Adventist more than just a Christian. You know, Sabbath keeping was was very important to me. It's, to me, you know, looking at um, the Bible, even back then at that age, I, I could tell, you know, pretty easily that, uh, you know, from a theological standpoint, Sabbath is, you know, kind of, you know, there's, there's really no way to explain that away. Um, so I definitely considered myself an Adventist at the time. Uh, but I would say, you know, the, the kind of the, the big push, I guess, came a little bit after that. So I it's sort of the reason I bring up Passion of Christ was because I went through a phase, I feel like a lot of people did, right, where they saw this movie. And it, uh, I really can't think of a way to put this other than like, it kind of, you know, set my heart on fire. That's yeah, a phrase. It inspired people. Just, it really did. Yeah, it, exactly. Exactly. So there was definitely uh, that sort of kind of spiked my you know, my enthusiasm. And I actually looked into getting baptized. Uh, You know, I wanted to start falling track. But in doing that, you know, because I've always been a skeptical person and because I've always liked to, you know, do my own research, um, I decided, well, you know, let's let's do that with this. You know, let's really do that. Not just like a quick little, you know, one thing I'm going to look up. I'm going to genuinely find out, you know, what I believe. And I figured, you know, I'd probably end up with what I already believed, mm. uh, right? I mean, that's what most people assume. Um, but that didn't happen. I uh, I found that, you know, I did a lot of time researching, you know, understanding, talked to a lot of people uh, in the church and out, um, at school, not at school. And uh, just over the course of, you know, I guess about a year, um, I more and more found myself kind of drifting away from those original beliefs until I, you know, I do remember there was certainly an aha moment um, where I kind of just sit back. I was, you know, reading some some article, uh, you know, about something. It really just cemented it to, to me. And that was when I kind of just rolled back the chair and said, huh, I, I guess I'm an atheist, you know, and that that was, you know, honestly kind of weird and, and terrifying. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's it was it was sort of a dirty word, you know, <laughs> I oh, mean, yeah, no, it, and very much in, in many circles, it still is a dirty word. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Of course. So, um, OK, so so let me ask you this, then. Um, what was the easiest thing for you to let go of with faith? I would say probably the easiest thing would be. Um, hmm, I would probably say sort of the, the central doctrine idea, right? The idea that, you know, do your own investigative you know, work, figure out, you know, certain things. But at the end of the day, um, you know, this is this is the doctrine and, you know, that's it. That That's the final authority on it. I mean, obviously I believe there are things that are absolutely true and not true. You know, like 
Yeah, you know, there are definitely facts, uh, mm-hmm. but I, I think maybe more sort of this this dogmatic approach that you know certain um, people kind of you know take at its word more than others. So I, I think for me that was sort of the easiest thing to give up because I was never a big fan of that to begin with. You know, um, yeah, yeah, I, I would say that was probably the easiest thing to give up. That definitely doesn't surprise me because I have a feeling I know what the, the answer to the next question is, even though I've never asked it. Um, but what what was the hardest thing for you to kind of give up or let go? What was the hardest thing to accept? Boy, if you know the answer, maybe you can tell me. <laughs> I, the, the, the answer that I it seems like I, I see a lot um, and you can you can disagree with me on this or not. That's totally fine. Um, you're just sure. wrong if you do. Uh, uh, is is basically the the impact it has on your relationships. Um, if all your relationships have been kind of you know based in founded in in church settings and in faith settings, then the revelation that you're an atheist um, tends to be pretty damaging um, to all uh, to your relationships. I'm really glad that you mentioned that because I uh, I, I certainly knew I was going to get into that later. I, I just for some reason didn't frame it in the sense of that question. But yes, that. That was absolutely uh, something that weighed on my mind. Um, you know, growing up Adventist uh, in the Adventist church, going to an Adventist school, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that it's going to be easier, you know, to be an Adventist than not be an Adventist, right? That doesn't necessarily mean, you know, you should, you know, base a decision on that alone, but but certainly that entered into it. You know, I mean, I was, you know, obviously be especially at that age you know you want to belong right i mean that's really important to you so when you're suddenly you know an outsider and i even remember um around that time in school you know like we'd have a, a, a you know at least at least we'd have maybe one or two three students that would come in and they weren't adventist they were maybe they were catholics or non-denominational something and and of course everybody would gossip and be like oh did you hear they're not adventist so, you know, to suddenly realize, oh, man, I'm not only am I going to be that, mm-hmm. you know, not only am I going to be the, the non-Adventist here, but I'm actually going to be, you know, the, the atheist, the, the, the secular person. And that, you know, that was terrifying. Honestly, it was very scary. Um, you, you think that adults are going to look at you differently. You think that your friends are going to look at you differently. And um, and I would like to say that's not the case, but it is. It is unfortunately the case. Um and I can, I don't know. Yeah, sorry. I can imagine that that's even scarier when you're in middle school um, and you're still like belonging is literally the entirety of your purpose pretty, pretty much in middle school. Um, so it, everything is totally defined by those relationships. So I can imagine that it would be even that the fear would be amplified at that age. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it, it's definitely, you know, it, it, it definitely is something that you think about a lot. Um, and, and it's kind of reinforced because day to day, of course, uh, you know, you're going to school and you're going to hear, you know, typical things that, you know, you, you, you because I guess I, I really wouldn't fault this entirely uh, because it was an Adventist school. Right. So the assumption is you're probably Adventist going there. Um, but having said that, because of that base assumption, when you have a conversation with somebody, whether you're a teacher or a student, you're probably not going to put too much thought to, well, how is this going to sound if this person's not an Adventist, right? Because, you know, you might start, you know, bashing certain things. And and again, I don't think that's a bad thing. Constructive, you know, conversations are good, but, you know, it does get a little tired and, you know, having to basically defend your position every time when you're not really looking to do that. You're just looking to operate day to day. 
So let's let's dive into that. You and I were both present for this. Uh, I was definitely a part of it. Uh, what was the fallout when you first revealed you were no longer Adventist or Christian to the people around you? So I guess there's multiple, you know, sides to this, obviously, depending on, you know, who we're talking about. Um, for my friends, you know, my immediate friends, uh, you know, it, it honestly wasn't that bad. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't have any friends that said, I'm not going to be your friend anymore because you're an atheist. That that didn't happen. Um, and, and I consider myself lucky because I, I don't. I, I don't know that that would be the case for, for everybody's experience that, that has you know gone through this. Um, but in my case, that, that didn't happen. Um, they were all really, now obviously they were upset. You know, this, this is very upsetting to hear like, you know, your friend that you've gone to school with for, you know, your entire life that you've gone to church with, that you've gone to Pathfinder trips on, you know, all those things um, is no longer, you know, uh, is no longer believes the same thing. And, and not just like a small thing, like, you know, he didn't switch. Well, some people wouldn't say this is small, but he didn't switch political parties. You know, he switched his his beliefs. That's a big deal. You yeah, know, that, that is, affects eternity. Right. Like my friend has just right. lost his salvation. Right. And, and honestly, that is how they saw it. And, and I understand that they saw it that way, because, again, I, I think the biggest uh, the biggest difficulty for, you know, people understanding, uh, you know, uh, people that are atheists or agnostics or anybody that's just, you know, sort of non-religious and left the church, but was religious at one point is these things, we, we, we get some of these things because we at one point, you know, had these same fears, you know, like I, you know, two years before this, I would have been, if I would have found out I had a friend that was atheist, I would have gone to them and said, Hey, let's talk. Let's, you don't have to, you know, you, you really don't have to, you know, look at things that way. Let's figure out how you arrived at this and, you know, see if we can, you know, address those things. Let's talk this out. I'd be upset, obviously. So I, I certainly think that those are, you know, that is something that, uh, that, you know, is common. Yeah. And, and I, I don't, I don't think though that, that people get like, that is, that's in our mind. That's, that's a process that, that we get because we've, we've been on the other side of it. We're just now, you know, we just believe the opposite now, basically. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, that was, uh, and, and I'm sorry, I, I kind of went off point there. What was the original question again? No, 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 that's fine. What was the fallout when you first revealed that you were no longer Adventist or Christian? Right. So amongst my friends, again, you know, other than the talks that you would expect and, and really didn't upset me at all, you know, th those, that, that was completely normal. It was not bad. Um, adults, you know, teachers, faculty, Honestly, uh, that's a little different. I, I did talk to certain people. I'm, I'm obviously not going to name names here or, or even indicate any particular person because, you know, yeah. a lot of the people that I did have otherwise bad experiences with were great people that I still look up to and respect. And um, I, I would say generally, though, uh, with, you know, with adults in the church at the time, you know, they, they took a very much an approach of, well, you're a troubled child. And this is why you believe this. And we just need to fix the troubled parts of your life. And then you'll be back on the right track. And the problem with that is while that is probably going to be the case in some occurrences, right? And we want to address that when someone is having some issues at home. Uh, you know, that's not always the reason people change what they believe, right? Because there's sort of this base assumption that, you know, you really can't figure out what you believe until you get to be a certain age. And I, I don't really feel like that's true. <laughs> Um, okay. it, it is definitely true for, you know, certain people and, and at what age they sort of become, 
you know, cognizant enough of all these different factors to kind of make a good decision. But I think the assumption is no one, you know, that young can arrive at this for any other reason than, you know, their home life has is, is been interrupted and something's going on. So I think my response from that was generally, honestly, a lot of times it could be a bit condescending too. And, and I actually still get this today where I'll be talking to someone. And uh, this, this is probably my biggest pet peeve more than anything else. Um, they will say, well, deep down, I think that you really are a Christian. You just, you know, you just have to know it. Yet. So, yeah. Or, or, you know, or, you know, you're just figuring this out, you know, you're, you know, you'll, you'll get there. And, and to be yeah. honest with you, it's, it's very, you know, I understand where a lot of these things come from, but that is, that's not really a good way to open dialogue because, you know, you basically in, in one fell swoop, uh, sort of dismiss every point this person might have, uh, even if you disagree with them. And, and I'm sure, you know, you would, of course. Um, but, you know, that's that's not really a great way to open a conversation, I guess. And unfortunately, that was my experience with a lot of people that were, you know, uh, higher up in the church that maybe would try to convince me otherwise. Um, I, I definitely feel like, you know, that is that was sort of a failing is, is that sort of just immediate urge to dismiss because yeah. this isn't legitimate. You know, this this doesn't um, uh, there's nothing here other than just, you know, the typical story of a kid that's acting out or maybe just being rebellious or, Absolutely. you know, it doesn't doesn't like authority. That was another one. I think a lot of people assume that, you know, oh, he's just going through like a, you know, hates authority phase, which if anybody knew me, you would know I'm probably the most straight laced person you've ever met. I mean, I, you know, I'm a square. I, uh, <laughs> you know, I growing up in high school and middle school, you know, I, during the weekends, I'd program. You know, I, I didn't go out. I didn't do things. I, you know, I, I did nerdy things. Yeah. So I, I think that that's kind of bunk. I'm not saying that is not the case for a lot of people. But in my case, it, it wasn't. That wasn't true. Well, and I, I do find it ironic that, that people would tell you that you're too young to make that decision. And yet they'll turn around and be thrilled to baptize a kid who's like eight years old. You know, like. It, yeah, it, absolutely. It, it, the the cognitive the is it cognitive bias is that but the bias there just in general is 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 ridiculously hypocritical to me. Um, it's something that I, I've done. I've baptized a kid um, who wanted to be baptized, who expressed all the interest um, without his parents present, um, and so like I get it, and, and 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 it's really frustrating to me that that was the kind of experience you had. Man, I remember when we were in in seventh grade. Uh, sixth grade. I remember being on the. You remember the slab, right? At, at Fleece, the big. Um, oh, of course. So the, of those course of you that don't know, yeah. So there was this big, <laughs> this big slab, this big concrete slab that had two, uh, two basketball courts on it, and we would, and a ton of space in between, and so we would always hang out there. And I remember during the the original few months that this all came out, all of us would basically gang up on you um being like jace you've got to become a christian again like there's no way we would argue over and over again and i remember uh one person specifically and i won't mention their name even came up with a well you know at the end of time i'd rather take the risk and be right or you know be right on this um yeah what is it pascal's wager right um they would pascal's wager yeah, and, and uh clearly you had done more research than any of us but we weren't going to convince you and what i find the most interesting about that is almost everyone from that kind of group of people um ended up kind of more in your camp at the end of things <laughs> not at the end of that year but like over time when i when right, i look at that yeah I, as i look at that group of people a lot of them became very disinterested in religion um 
and I don't mean that as a as a slight against their character. I just find that that dynamic interesting. Uh, no, I see what you're saying. You're not saying right or wrong. You're just saying that is what seems to have happened. Yeah. Um, um, go ahead. Yeah, no, definitely. That 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 certainly is. It's kind of funny that you mentioned that because I, I do now that you're talking about it. I, I remember that. So it's funny that you're remembering some of these things more vividly than I do. Well, part, um, of, part of that, like, and, and I'll be honest with you, I don't know that I've expressed this to you, so I'm happy to do it live and in public. Um, <laughs> I uh, there's been a lot of guilt that I felt over that time because I really wish I had handled that differently. Um, I, I really wish I had interacted with you differently in a lot of ways. I remember I used to, and I, you know, this, I've, I've told you this before. Um, and, and, and I've apologized to you for this before. I mean, I used to, uh, make fun of you because uh, of your weight. And I used to justify it by saying, well, if, if he, if he hates his weight so much, maybe he'll lose it. And in reality, I was just being a total jerk and like a terrible friend. Um, and there were times where I would challenge you on your atheism and it was just, um, I did it in the entirely wrong ways. And so part of I remember it is because I remember it out of guilt. Um, and, and so like from me now, I just hear me and saying, I'm sorry for some of that. Um, and I'm sorry for some of the ways I did it. But I am glad that we've ended up here to the point that now we respect each other enough to have this kind of conversation. Well, I, I really do appreciate that. I, I mean, I, I absolutely, you know, I, I don't think I ever took it exactly, you know, that way, especially from you, because I think we always came from a point of understanding um, but having said that, I really do appreciate you saying that to me. And, and I understand that, you know, I, I mean, it's funny because at the end of the day, uh, there is one thing that Christianity and atheism, I think, agree on wholeheartedly, which is humans, you know, are very flawed. <laughs> um, and, you know, especially at that age, you know, you, you have to counterbalance so many things. You know, you have to balance trying to be a good person, learning what a good person is. But on top of that, you have to balance like, you know, well, I don't want to be the one kid that's getting made fun of. So what do you do? And, and I did this all the time as well is, you know, oh, man, they're starting to gang up on me. Well, I'm going to pick someone else so that it gets, you know, moved from me being the center to someone else. And that's something I think you see a lot, uh, you know, for, for all sorts of things. And that's why, you know, being different, I guess, is always something that the one thing maybe kids don't want to be. Right. Yeah. And, and maybe that's not so bad. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, being different, uh, I mean, is, is, is a good thing. I, I think, um, I think it's not so bad though, that they, they have that fear, uh, because that's natural. Yeah. You know? I think it's very natural, but yeah, I definitely, you know, I, I think that it's, it's funny. There were a lot of conversations between you and some of our other friends at the time. And, um, you know, they definitely, uh, sure. They definitely could get heated at times. Um, they definitely could, you know, I mean, I don't think that it ever, you know, escalated to the point of, you know, like friendships are broken type yeah, of thing. Correct, but, correct, um, yeah. but no, you're absolutely right. There there was certainly a, a period where I, I had to do sort of this routine every day. And, you know, it is very exhausting. I, I think that's maybe another, uh, I don't want to say tip, but maybe another, you know, helpful thought for anybody that ever wants to engage with an atheist, which is, you know, keep in mind that you probably, the, the, you know, the, the point that someone just made that you feel like is really solid uh, for your standpoint and why atheism just doesn't make sense. Um, it probably is. It's a good point. The problem is the atheist you're about to tell it to has probably heard it five times before. Yeah. So so I, I guess, you know, don't be disappointed when they've heard that. Just continue to engage. You know, that's that's not you know, don't don't stick to talking points because then, you know, we all just retreat to our different camps and 
you know, we never find out anything new or figure anything out about each other. You know, it's just reciting what I saw on, you know, atheist apologetics or, you know, Christian apologetics. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Um, and that's that's incredibly true. And I think uh, what was true for you and is true for many atheists is um, and, and and this is true. And I, I can I can actually guarantee this, um, that you have likely read the Bible more times than I have. Um, and, I'm a, <laughs> and I'm a pastor like many atheists because of this, the, the huge, intense struggle that giving up your faith is have done more research into their beliefs uh, than several others. And, 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 and a lot of those, a lot of that research probably came from a place of, I want to believe this. Like, like I really genuinely oh, want yeah. to believe this, but I can't. Um, and, and there's this huge dismissal of that experience and that pain and that struggle from the Christian worldview. When we try to dismiss your experience based on our perception of it. Oh, well you could only land here because of some troubled home experience, or you could only land here because of X, Y, and Z. Um, and that's, that's not always the case. It has been the case. Um, I know that to be a fact. I, it has been the case before, but, but, oh, oh, of course. Uh, but that doesn't of mean course. it's the blanket reasoning for everyone losing their beliefs. Um, and, and I have, I, I've seen many loving homes, uh, beautiful families, per, picture perfect families where that, where people still leave the faith because of, um, just completely unrelated experience or unrelated research. So it is what it is. And I think every single person needs to be treated as the individual that they are. I, I think that's true. I, I mean, I, I mean, obviously it's hard to disagree with that, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, it, it's, it's very easy and sloppy to kind of put someone in a box because they've now checked this, like, you know, Oh, they're an atheist. So they must be, you know, that means they probably don't like authority. They're probably not religious. They hate the church. They do very sacrilegious things. They're probably politically very left. They're probably, you know, and all those things are, you know, for some atheists, they will be true. Absolutely. You know, you're going to have very in your face militant atheists. And I say that term, uh, it's, you know, it's derogatory, but, but it's, but it's fair. You know, there are definitely atheists out there, um, that, you know, take a very militant approach. You know, they, they don't like religion. Um, they don't particularly think that, you know, engaging with someone other than to disprove them, uh, it really bears any fruit. I would say though, that, that, you know, it's just a mirror of, you know, really what you see on the other side of it, which is, you know, someone who's particularly has a, you know, a very zealous approach to their faith. Yeah. Um, I don't think by themselves, they're necessarily bad things either. It's just when you start to kind of shut out everybody else and, you know, sort of enter into an ideological echo chamber. And you certainly see that, I think, a lot. With yeah. atheists. So I, I'm always striving not to do that. Um, and I can't honestly say that, especially when I was younger, that I didn't fall into that category. Um, but uh, I, I like to think that now, you know, I, I have a very open mind. I, I constantly reassess what I do and do not believe. And, and I think I think everybody should try and take, a, you know, at least, a, you know, as much of a logical approach as they're comfortable with yeah. to to all, all problems. But, but especially in what you believe, because I do think it is important. Um, and some atheists will tell you differently. They'll say, nah, you know, figuring out what you believe is not really that important. Um, but I think it's I, I think it's important because it sort of informs, uh, you know, some pretty important questions, you know, I, I'm not saying that you have to go on a, you know, spiritual discovery of exactly what, yeah, no, no, I, I don't think you have to do that. But I, I do think figuring out, you know, uh, what you believe and don't believe and kind of getting a sense for, if, if anything, I think it develops critical thinking skills, which I think are incredibly important in today's world and economy, you know, 
Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not just absorbing information, but, you know, learning to, to make conclusions based on information that are, that are logical. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I think there's, there's something to militant atheism that, um, that a lot of Christians don't understand, which is like, if you've just found out, if you've just kind of come to the conclusion that for the, for your entire life, you've been brainwashed or lied to, like, wouldn't you be angry at the institution that did that to you? Um, and, and so militant atheism to some extent, like totally makes sense and, and is, and is valid from that perspective. Um, because yeah, it, it, when we find out something is true, we tend to turn on the thing that hurt us or that caused us so much pain. And, um, and for many, for many atheists, their deconversion experience came with a lot of ridicule, a lot of pain, a lot of heartache, a lot of broken relationships, friendships, families, um, as a result of their decision to leave the church. And so, yeah, militant atheism, like I can actually very, very much sympathize with it for that very reason. Um, I don't think it's, I, I think it speaks to the much, I think militant atheism wouldn't, would probably not exist in the form that it kind of does in the, in the, in the its most negative form. Um, if the church would handle deconversion better. So I think it's sort of a, you know, it's sort of a multifaceted thing here because yeah. certainly there, there's a lot of anger. Um, again, I, I count myself fairly lucky. I think my deconversion experience was, you know, for all intents and purposes, because there are people out there that have been, you know, completely, you know, disowned. Their family won't talk to them anymore. Like, I, I don't want to, you know, dress it up. That does happen. Absolutely. You know, I know of people that's happened, too. So that's, you know, that's unfortunate. And yeah, I think that is going to drive a lot of, you know, anger and and people will end up on that. I will say, though, that another facet of it. So, you know, if you ever start getting, you know, if an atheist ever starts laying into you, um, you know, there's a good chance they're coming from that. But it could also be and keep in mind, this is something I think Christians can relate to, which is if you think back to I would probably say most Christians, most Adventists could point to you know, at some point in their early life where they sort of, you know, they were always religious. They always believed in, you know, obviously the second coming, the Sabbath, things like that if you're an Adventist, right? Yeah. But, but probably some kind of moment where you just generally said, oh man, I, uh, you know, I am a Christian. I believe in Jesus. I'm ready to be baptized. I'm ready to, you know, start working on that relationship, right? I mean, is that fair? Yeah. I would assume that that's yeah. probably... For most people. So I, the, uh, the the funny thing is, though, the same exact thing happens for atheists, right? Because we have now just discovered uh, this whole new thing that, you know, because, again, going to an Adventist school, you're not really going to learn about evolution. You're not really going to learn about, you know, I, I guess, for lack of a better word, you know, secular ideas, yeah. right? And so I think it's funny because you basically experience the same thing as a newly converted Christian. You want to tell the world, not because you're angry, but because you, you think it's cool. You know, there's a lot of more information there. Like, you know, I, I mean, not to go on a, you know, a, a long, uh, you know, tangent here. I'll just sum it up and say that um, there is, you know, for example, when it comes to evolution, you know, believe it or not, I think it's genuinely very interesting and, you know, when you're just finding out about this, you want to tell people not because you're mad, but because, you know, it's like, you know, just because you found out about, you know, the true transformational power of, you know, accepting Jesus, right? You want to share that with the world because that you feel you felt good doing that. And and you feel like you have information that you want to tell the world, mm. you know, so I, I think when you, you know, that that also ties into it. So cer certainly there's 
also an urge to kind of stick stick it to the man yeah. in the face. Yeah, certainly that I'm not going to say there's not, especially when you're younger. Yeah. But yeah, there's also very much an urge to just, you know, you want to engage with your friends and tell them about it in the same way that you want to tell them about, you know, something new that you're learning or something cool you saw on a trip. Yeah. You know, it's it's new. It's exciting. You're speaking from your passion. Unfortunately, right. Unfortunately, though, you know, unlike most other things, it comes with a lot of other, you know, it's not as simple as just telling someone, oh, I learned a, a new chapter in history today. Yeah. Because obviously there is controversy and disagreement on, uh, you know, what happened between the two, I'll, I'll call them camps. And I really hate to do that because I, I think things are way too stratified. And, you know, we, we really do tend to put stuff in boxes these days when really I, I don't think that's always necessary. But, um, you know, I do definitely think there's a lot of similarities there yeah, that real. both sides wouldn't like to admit. And but I, yeah, and there. and I think you know even in this conversation we've had we've had conversations like this a million times, and I'm learning stuff today. That, you know, perspectives I hadn't even considered. That was actually one of them. So I think there's a lot to learn when we can sit down and, and ignore the camps for a second and just talk. Um, right, right. Um, let me let me ask you this: What's been your experience with the church since? Considering most of your teenage life, if not all of it, uh, and young adult life so far, has been experiencing the church from this perspective. Um, what's been your experience with the church? So once again, I have to say I probably have a pretty atypical uh, experience here. Most, I, I would say probably most people that go from Adventist to atheist um, usually disconnect pretty fully with the church, right? And, and the reason is usually uh, a lot of times they don't have a choice, or if they do, they don't want to tell everybody because even if they're atheist, I, I guess you might say they're soft atheist in that they haven't actually told anybody yet. There's a lot of people sitting in that category. Oh, they might yeah. even be going to church right now. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I, I think Adventists don't really understand that, you know, there's, there's a wide spectrum of people that are just completely, you know, they have one foot out the door, they're there, but they're not really there or they're just gone. I was someone who decided that, you know, I have gone to an Adventist school my whole life. My circle of friends and, and people that I know and care about are pretty much exclusively Adventist. So I decided that, you know, that was not going to be something I did. Again, I don't think all people have that luxury, mm. uh, but I, I was able to do that. Uh, now, it wasn't always easy, um, but it wasn't exactly hard either. Um, now, my experience with the church, the reason I say it was atypical because, uh, and I know you know this, but we always used to joke I was the worst atheist in the world because for a period of time, uh, even up to a few years ago, I actually played drums at uh, at uh, for one of the services. Um, none of the people there knew I was an atheist. I, I don't know if that would have mattered. Um, obviously, you know, there is some sensitivity with uh, not just atheism, obviously, but with, with drums and some Adventist churches. Not all, but I know there's definitely, you know, a, a segment of the Adventist population that feels somewhat uncomfortable with, shall we say, percussion. Percussion in the frame of, of uh, church yeah. service, or maybe just in general. So that was atypical because I was continuing to, to be involved and engaged in the church. I, I mean, I was literally volunteering. And that's actually how I fell into it. Uh, it was back at FLA. I needed community service hours. I played drums. I liked to play drums. I'd been playing it for, you know, since I was very young. Um, and I had the opportunity to, you know, get community service hours. And as a high schooler, I thought to myself, well, that's a no-brainer. Yeah. You know, why not? Um, 
so that's sort of how I fell into it. And because of that, like I said, I, I you would have seen me up until a couple of years ago, most Saturdays at church, full atheist. I didn't stay for the service. Um, I, actually, on occasion, I would stay. Um, but generally, I, I didn't stay for the service. Uh, I was just there to play. Um, you know, again, I saw it mostly as sort of, a, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, this is terrible, but I really saw it as a good opportunity to practice playing drums. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, and obviously that's not what you want, right? Because when you, you know, when you have a, a praise team, I would imagine the goal is, you know, you want to engage with them and you want to know that, you know, that's coming from a, a place of, you know, inspiration. And obviously that didn't exist for me because, you know, I, I don't believe in these things. Um, having said that, though, I very much enjoyed playing at church. Um, you know, I, I like the exercise practicing. Uh, I, I even, to be honest with you, like yeah. the music. Um, again, sort of a, uh, uh, an oddity, I guess, but, um, you know, I, I, you know, sacred music a lot of times, you know, I mean, just cause I'm an atheist doesn't mean, you know, there's, I'm not going to hear a piece of music that doesn't, you know, make the hairs in the back of my neck stand Absolutely. up, you know, it, it happens. Of course it happens. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like, you know, that, that was one way I engaged with the church. Uh, again, I guess that was probably because they didn't know, you know, generally I, I didn't publicize that I'm an atheist. So I would imagine there's still quite a few people uh, that do not know that. I, um, I really hope there's you know, someone listening at this point that thought the second you revealed that you played drums from a young age, thought rock and roll drove him out of the church. Like, like, and, and, and then like, I'm picturing <laughs> you like slyly, like warming up before second service, uh, warming up with like highway to hell on the drums or some like random, like, <laughs> Like, yes, yes, that's we we did. Just really is like seeing you as this infiltrator to the church when that's not it at all. If anything, the drums were your key still back. It was your gateway back into the church to some extent. No. And, and to be honest with you, so to speak to that, if I had gone to the church and someone had approached me um, and just started talking and it had come up and they asked me what I believed, certainly I would have said I was an atheist. I didn't keep that a secret. Mm -hmm. Um but and then obviously that would have led to a conversation that maybe could have gone on because, you know, I will talk to anybody that wants to talk about it. Um, you know, so that obviously, you know, if you are a Christian or an Adventist and you want to seek, you know, opportunities to talk to people and maybe, you know, uh, I don't want to say convert them because, you know, that's, you know, that kind of for atheists that has a dirty word. But, you know, certainly the, I'm not saying that can't happen. You know, right? I, I mean, I don't want to say that you can say the ma the magical phrase that will make them be like, "Oh, okay, I am I am a Christian now." That that might not happen, but uh, you know, engaging with them certainly, I, I think, uh, you know, it doesn't hurt anything. And, and I think, in fact, you know, you might be surprised uh, that someone who was an atheist maybe, you know, uh, you know, maybe they're maybe there's something that they misunderstood. And you'll actually correct that for them. Yeah. Again, most of the time, the time an atheist is pretty well versed in uh, in theology. Uh, you know, they they like you said earlier, they probably have read the Bible more times than you have. Um, and that's not to say that to be arrogant. It's just usually the place they come from. Absolutely. You know, you know that's how they got there. But yeah, there there's definitely you know there's there's definitely was a lot of opportunities i think there uh had anybody engaged me and I'm, I'm not saying that's a failing on their part like how would they know right i was i was you know playing music at church why wouldn't i be 
you know, an Adventist. But I think that goes back to assumptions, right? That just because you're at church, uh, that's probably a safe assumption that most people there are an Adventist, but, but maybe they're not. And maybe if you approach things that way, you might find yourself in more meaningful discussions that, that bear fruit, yeah. you know, they really could. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, what, so you said you played up until a couple of years ago. So if you wouldn't mind, um, what, what was the, what, what kind of led you to stop playing the drums at church? So obviously, you know, a, a big part of it was after I got out of high school, I, I didn't need the community service hours anymore. Fair. <laughs> um, uh, but I did continue to play after that for, for some years. Um, and, you know, there was a lot to do with that. Uh, I played with my dad sometimes. He played uh, bass. Um, and uh, you know, another instrument that, you know, because it's electric, there is some distaste for, maybe maybe would be the best word to put it for, yeah. by, by some segments. Uh, and, and again, I want to, before I go anything else, I'm not going to, to you know, to, to get on a, a soapbox here and say, even as an atheist, you know, that that's a wrong position to take. Uh, you know, I, I mean, if, if you're not comfortable with, you know, rhythmatic music and, you know, I, I don't think that makes you a flawed person. I don't even think that makes you wrong. Um, but I do think that, you know, you know, maybe understanding that, you know, that person's sole goal is not to you know, deconvert you with the, you know, satanic, you know, for, you know, standard, you know, uh, beat from your rhythm making device. You know, I, I, I'm sorry, that was phrased pretty ineloquently, but I, I think that that's sort of, you know, an extreme. Yeah. And, and I think you definitely do see that. Um, but you know, what really kind of, uh, I guess I just sort of fell out of it, to be honest with you. I, um, you know, I, I played less and less, um, you know, because, you know, I was really only doing it, you know, occasionally, just generally they would ask me if, you know, they needed someone to fill in. Um, you know, I, I also have to admit that I didn't like waking up that early. Uh, and it's funny because a lot of people joke, you know, what's one of the perks of, of being an atheist? And I guess really the only one that most people would understand is you don't have to get up early on Saturday. <laughs> um, um, so I was still doing that. Uh, and that certainly, you know, didn't really weigh into it because by that point, you know, I'd been doing it less and less to where, you know, it, it got to the point where they were just calling me basically when they couldn't get anybody else gotcha. to do it. Um, so it just sort of fell out. But having said that, um, you know, the, I did sort of become more kind of aware of the fact that, uh, you know, there were a lot of people uh, in the audience that really just did not did not want you there. Uh, um, and, and I, again, I'm not saying that to, you know, point a finger at them and say, you know, these people are terrible. I, I really don't, you know, I mean, Hey, if, you know, you can not like music. I mean, that's yeah, nothing yeah. wrong with that. You know, you, you cannot like a specific type of music. Um, you know, so that definitely doesn't help when you're, you know, I mean, any musician will tell you, and, and I don't really consider myself a, a musician. I, I play some instruments, uh, sometimes rather poorly. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but you know, I, uh, so maybe I'm a musician light, you know, that, that might be, yeah, okay. uh, like a diet musician. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Not all the calories, you know? Uh, so, you know, I, I think that definitely, you know, there's, there's, I don't fault them for, you know, not digging the music, you know, I don't even fault them for, you know, finding it to be uh, sacrilegious, I guess, you know, I mean, if that's what they believe, uh, you know, I'm not going to tell them that that's wrong because I don't believe the same thing they do. So, and that's, 
I mean, that's a pretty small, petty thing at the end of the day. Uh, but having said that, I will say that, you know, the most unwelcome I've ever felt in church was not because I was an atheist. The most unwelcome I ever felt in church was because the very well-perceived, um, you know, idea that you are playing an instrument that we see as, you know, evil, satanic. Uh, we don't like it. We don't really like that you're here playing it. Um, you know, those that 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 did not feel very welcoming, you know, and and I think that's unfortunate because for people that are Adventists that do play drums or some other instrument that maybe is not as popular with, uh, you know, some of the more conservative elements of the church, you know, they're going to feel very uh, disenfranchised from that. And they may well, you know, deconvert just based on that. And that that's unfortunate because that's really kind of a stupid reason to deconvert. But, um, you know, it only takes a little spark, I guess, for some people, because, you know, as I was saying earlier, while I didn't have like, you know, an experience to where like I had a troubled experience with someone, you know, that caused me to deconvert, I'm sure there are people that, that do have that experience. And it does just take that one push. And, you know, I mean, we've all heard the stories of people that go into church dressed in sandals mm -hmm. and shorts and, you know, just to kind of say, hey, is this OK? And, you know, you know, some people will say that's that's perfectly fine. We're just glad you're here. And other people will say, no, that's not appropriate. And again, I'm not saying which one's right or wrong on that because um, I don't really have a horse in that race. But, you know, having said that, I mean, what harm can there be in, in bringing someone in and, you know, uh, and, 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 you know, conversing with them in an in a, in a area of mutual respect? And I didn't always feel like I got that. Um, I, I feel like I got more than just, you know, we don't like this music. Um, which I certainly would have understood and, and not, you know, really felt, you know, bad for it. It was really just sort of that extra layer of we, we have contempt for what you're doing. Um, and we're going to visibly show that in a very, you know, absolutely. Yeah. And it, it, it's not way. even the fact that they had distaste, but it's the way that they communicated that distaste to you. Um, that, that very, it was like they held up giant neon signs that said, you are not welcome here. We don't want you here. Right, right. Well, uh, well. So one time, I, you know, just just to give an example here, one time um, we had uh, someone out in the audience. I, I I didn't actually see this, but I was told this, um, and, and it's totally something I can I can believe, of course. Um, but uh, you know, there was someone in, in the the front that was not uh, you know digging the music, so to speak. And um, they put earplugs in, in their ear, like visibly, like they made a show of putting earplugs in their ear. Um, so it wasn't just a matter of utility, like, well, this is really obnoxiously loud and we want, you know, we don't want to hear this, uh, which you know, I, I can understand. I mean, again, I, you know, I, I do have to exert a little bias here just to say, if any of you have been to an Adventist church with drums, probably most of you have noticed there's, you know, a nice little plexiglass shield in front of it. Well, that's there for a reason. Uh, you don't want big booming sounds. I mean, any audio mixer will tell you that, um, you know, you want to be able to control the sound because you want to pipe it through the system in the house. You want to pipe it through streaming yeah. online. So, you know, obviously everything is done to basically bring the volume of the instrument down. And so I'm not saying that for people that don't like drums, it's still not going to be loud and obnoxious because at least nothing you can do about that, of course. But I, I truly believe that it was not so booming as to require a, you know, I think that was more for show. It was, it was yeah. to, to make a point. 
And I, yeah. I think that was unfortunate. Absolutely. Uh, that That's sort of where I would, I kind of. Yeah, you know, no, I, I definitely understand. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and I don't think you share that to throw anyone under the bus, um, but it is a real example of things that happen. Um, and I, you know, I'm not at all surprised to hear that when you originally told me that I was like, yeah, I, doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> like that's almost expected um, in some cases, and that's and that's terrible, right, unfortunately. Right. Well, but it is what it is um, for the time being. Well, no, I mean, g- growing up, we all had, you know, I mean, especially if you're younger, you know, we all would have those sort of end jokes, like, "Oh, you're going to the movies this weekend," or "Oh, you're, oh, you listen to that music? That's not, you know." When you know, it, it was really sort of a, you know, Adventists, I think, are very aware of yeah. this. You know, I mean, like this is. This is not something that, you know, I think most Adventists are aware of this. Should I even call it a controversy? <laughs> I mean, it, 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 no, it, it seems it, kind of petty, but but I don't I don't it's a stereotype. Yeah, it, it, it is a fair stereotype. Well, you know, are maybe like, you know, the, the kind of just prude, like, you know, arms crossed, not going to have a good time, fun Adventist. Right. Like that's sort of a, yeah. a stereotype that's, you know, not always deserved, um, you know, but sometimes it is. <laughs> Well, like there was, there was a time I think in like fourth or fifth grade, I slept over at a mutual friend's house and uh, I forgot uh, for the weekend and I forgot my church clothes. So I had to go to church um, in bright red, a bright red shirt and a br- and bright red shorts, basically gym clothes because oh, that's all I had yeah. um, and, and sneakers. And man, through Sabbath school and through church, it was the worst. Like and, black for it, huh? I, no one actually said anything to me. But man, the stares, the avoiding, the just yeah. kind of like the disappointment that I felt like you can you could literally just see it being expressed uh, without any words. And it was just so, so um, frustrating and upsetting. And I was so embarrassed and shamed the entire day. Like it was I, I remember it now, like 10, 12, 13 years later. Um, yeah, obviously, it's pretty vividly. So it obviously stuck with you. Yeah, no, for <laughs> real. Um, so, OK, so so kind of transitioning out of this um what what is one thing that you wish the church would do differently hmm so again this is one of those things that's a little difficult because you know i i guess i don't really have a horse in the race you know i don't i'm, I'm not a member of the church uh i do you know sometimes follow activity just because of the friends that i have uh you know i, I see those things um you know, I'll, I'll check the, you know, every once in a while I find myself sure looking at, you know, some Adventist publications just to see what's going on. Um, I would say, you know, and, and again, obviously I'm, I'm not going to shy away from controversial topics here. So I apologize if, you know, uh, that makes anyone uncomfortable. That's, you know, just sort of, I'm, I'm speaking candidly here. Um, I would love for the church to be more inclusive. I, I don't really feel that, uh, you know, I remember there was a lot of um, there was a lot of uh, controversy. It was maybe a year or two ago uh, when I recall that the, I think it was the North American, or maybe it was the World Church voted on the measure to um, ordain uh, ordain women, I guess it was. And I remember, you know, obviously Facebook was lit up by arguments from both sides, right? Um, and I just remember looking and saying, man, these are, you know, these people feel really, passionate and and I respect that. I, I truly do. Uh, but you know, I, I can't, I, and, and, and to be, to be completely candid, I can't believe that this debate is occurring in 2017, 16, whenever it was, 
Um, Most of us can't either, so it's, to it's, be honest. Yeah, it's very difficult for, for an atheist to, you know, talk about some of the, like, you know, the things about theology, right? Because, because those are important questions. Those are really the questions, right? You know, divinity of Christ, creation of the world. Those are the questions we're really talking about, the hard ones. Um, so it seems kind of crazy that that has to be, and, and honestly, that makes that makes it difficult to engage with an atheist, I would imagine, because they're probably going to come back with that and say, well, how can I, you know, how can you come here and say you're preaching acceptance and inclusion and everyone is equal under God when that is does not appear to be how you're, and again, this is not necessarily my opinion. Well, it is, but, um, <laughs> but, but this is probably going to be the opinion of most people that are not Adventists that are aware of, of Adventist things going on right now. That's probably going to be their viewpoint because you know, it's it's hard to look at the other questions that that you want to talk about. That's that really is honestly a gaping hole in the church, in my opinion. And, and I really mm-hmm. feel like to engage with with the rest of the world, really, you have to kind of, you know, bring that up to par. And I understand that's difficult. There's a lot of people uh, that feel very strongly about that. Um, I, I can't really speak to what should be done, or you know what, you know what conversations have to happen, what the church wants to do. I, I really don't know what the path forward is on that, um, but I, I would love to see, you know, the church kind of kind of address those 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 those, those issues. You know, that that's, that's important. Uh, one other thing I would say um, is I do think th- this might be hard. I don't know that the church would ever, you know, would ever even see the need to address this or want to, um, but. This, this, I guess, this is more of a culture thing, and this might not even be the the case now. But this was the case growing up. Um, there's a lot of uh, non-Adventist bashing going on. Um, you know, I and in fact, actually speaking to something earlier, one of the things that did make me kind of consider, you know, non-Adventist things was I do vividly remember growing up, um, Adventist Catholic bashing was like a, a favorite pastime. Like it, it was, it was really something that, you know, was universally, you know, I mean, cause who's going to disagree with, you know, those crazy Catholics making Sunday, the trying to make Sunday, the Sabbath popes, the Antipas, all that typical stuff. Right now, obviously I'm not a Catholic. I never considered myself a Catholic and I, you know, find that just as, you know, I, I, I disbelieve that just as much as I disbelieve in Adventism. I'll put it that mm. way. Yeah. So you know, but having said that, I think that that's unfortunate because once again, odds are, you know, you may well be talking to a Catholic and you don't know it. Maybe they're afraid to say that they're a Catholic because of this that's going on. Again, I don't know if this is still the case, but I do definitely feel like there is a, you know, a trait in Adventism. And that's probably true for most sects of Christianity uh, or actually most sects of any religion where, you know, you're, you know, you're very certain that you're correct. Um and because of that, everyone else is wrong, which, again, nothing wrong with that. That's sort of I mean, you know, you're taking a, a pretty, you know, yes or no stance on a lot of questions. Uh, yeah. But, but you know, coming from a place of so we're going to not deconstruct it in a logical way and explain to you why Catholicism is, is wrong or not biblically supported. No, we're just going to, you know, mock it and make really lazy arguments. And and that will work with some people. Some people will enjoy that, but other people are going to be very turned off by that. I was one of them. Yeah, no, and and, and what you find out is when you've demonized the other side, when you or when the other side has been demonized like that, all it takes is one conversation with someone to realize like, oh, wait, they're not that bad. 
So right. what else was wrong? Like that that is in many cases the first domino that falls uh, as a result of 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 bashing other people who don't believe the same way. So I'm I'm with you. That's that's actually a really good point. I hadn't considered that to be honest with you. Uh yeah, that that that's definitely true though. I mean, if you, you know, I mean you you have to realize that if you, you know, openly mock something and someone later engages with someone and either comes to a point where they don't think it's ridiculous or they actually believe, start believing in it, you know, they're going to be forced to say, well, you know, yeah, what else are they wrong about? That's, yeah. that's a really good point. Um, that's a really good point. So, and, and I appreciate your candidness. I appreciate your honesty. I think um, if we're not honest, we're not candid, things don't get fixed. If we just like try to sweep some of this under the rug. So I really appreciate it because if I say it, it's one thing, if someone who's actually been impacted by it says it, it's a completely different thing. So I really appreciate your honesty. Um, so let's, this is kind of our, as we're winding down here, uh, if there was one thing that could bring you back, um, and this is not, I'm not asking this because I, I'm trying to convert you. Right. Uh, right. Of course. right? Um, I've, obviously, you know this, I'd be thrilled if you became a Christian again, but it's not, right. you know, that my friendship to you is, is, is a different, uh, kind of a different plane of existence. So um, if there was one thing that would bring you back, what would it be? So, you know, it's funny, I, I sort of had like a gut reaction to this question, which is, it's sort of a, it's a faulty premise that it's, it's quoted on, because it kind of assumes that, you know, you're just missing some piece of information. Yeah. And I think there's a natural tendency of atheists to kind of, you know, uh, see a question like that and think, oh boy, here we go. Um, so, but you know what, it is actually a fair question. Uh, and, and the reason I say it's a fair question is because, you know, I, I think very important to my life is the premise that um, I have to constantly reassess what I know and understand, um, which is to say that because I believe something, you know, at age 20, why would I believe that same thing at age 25 if I haven't done the research and reaffirmed that, yeah, that, you know, according to the facts, according to logical analysis, that makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. So I will never uh, dismiss anything. Uh, our, our uh, Christianity, Adventism, you know, I, I, I certainly will never dismiss and say, no, I will never be an Adventist or Christian again. Uh, at the same time, I don't really want to, you know, present sort of a false thing that like, you know, I'm just one little, you know, fact or nugget away from, uh, you know, Definitely. Re reconverting, I guess. Um, uh, but, you know, I, I do think that, you know, at its core, basically, you know, for me, it, it would have to be, you know, probably some very solid uh, evidence of, you know, well, I guess first you would need evidence, obviously, of some kind of divine creator entity, obviously, for Christians to be Yahweh. Um, mm -hmm. And then after that, obviously, if, if something was presented to me with that, I would then need to, of course, say, well, okay, now I know there's some sort of, you know, higher power, creative entity. How do I know that that person is the the god of christianity and then how do i know that person is the god that you know adventism is well obviously christians all believe in the same god but but you know what i mean but it would it would is on adventist expression of that faith yeah right so there there admittedly would be you know basically three you know distinct things that would have to happen uh and they all in my opinion i, I you know just just from my kind of life and, and what i've you know, what I've learned over the years, what I've researched, what I've come to understand. Um, I don't believe that that uh, evidence is out there. Uh, but 
I will never not look at evidence. That was not stated very well, but I, you know, I, I, there will never come a point in my life where I will stop being intellectually curious. Uh, that's, mm-hmm. in fact, one of the most important things in my life. Uh, maybe okay, maybe what the if, most important thing. But what if, like, in 10 years, as you're reassessing your beliefs, mm-hmm. you begin to believe that reassessing your beliefs is no longer necessary? Well, then, 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 you, then you just post the, poke the massive hole in my argument. <laughs> <laughs> No, but, but 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 in all honesty, I mean that really is, you know, um, checkmate atheists. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I mean it's it's definitely you know I I constantly reassess what I believe and don't believe. Right now, I'm very much an atheist. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I don't imagine that changing, but you know, you know, engaging with people and understanding what they believe and learning new things is to me the one of the most maybe maybe the most enjoyable thing about life you know, is, is learning. So, yeah. you know, I, uh, and I still, uh, you know, I still read, uh, biblical passages. I still read, uh, you know, blogs from pastors. I still read your stuff. Uh, I still read stuff from other people, Adventist and non-Adventist. Um, usually admittedly it's coming not from a direction of this is, I'm, this is what I'm going to believe, but more of a, why don't I believe this? Um, but you know, it's very easy to read something starting from the premise of, I don't believe this and finding, well, hang on a second here. What, what more is there to this? So I, I guess, you know, to answer the question simply, what would bring me back? It would be my process of continually reevaluating what I believe in and doing that, finding something that I hadn't found before. I don't yeah. think it's out there. I'm, I'm pretty, you know, I, so I'm not an agnostic, you know, that's, a lot of people will say, well, okay, if you can't definitively say there's no God, then you must be an agnostic. And I would say to you, no, that's not the case. Uh, I don't, you know, you don't believe in Thor. That doesn't mean you're a Thor agnostic, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe you do believe in Thor. I, I don't really know. Yeah, but, you don't know what I believe. Um, Why are you going to judge me yeah, for that? Sorry, I, I didn't mean to uh, to make assumptions there, but... Um, I, for one, welcome our new Thor overlord, so... <laughs> so, uh, you know, that that definitely, you know, that that is sort of a, you know, I, I, it's, it's difficult because you don't want to put yourself in a, a thing and say, you know, I, I'm an agnostic because I very much am an atheist. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that it's a, you know, a defensible position based on, you know, the research that I've done. Um, gotcha. But yeah, I, I, having said that, you know, even though I don't consider myself an agnostic, I am more than readily willing to admit that there uh, could well in the time in the future, you know, maybe we discover, uh, you know, something we didn't know about, uh, you know, down to the lowest levels of, you know, subatomic particles, quantum, maybe, maybe there's a, you know, maybe there's a, a footprint of, of a creator there that we just haven't figured out yet. You know, gotcha. uh, you know, you start, you start, I don't think that's the case, but it, it's certainly just because I haven't found it doesn't mean it's not there. Yeah. Um. So I guess that would be my, my long winded explanation of, of what would bring me back. <laughs> no, that's absolutely fine. And, and, and um, I don't, I, I really hope none of our listeners, especially the ones that know you don't take this as the opportunity to try and convert you again or send you a yeah, form of evidence. That's, Cause that's not the purpose of this conversation, <laughs> like at all. Um, so if you're about to email me something uh, that, or tweet me something to send on to Jace, I'm not going to do that uh, <laughs> because it's not, it's just not going to happen. Um, I, this isn't, this isn't the purpose of this conversation. This conversation was so that I could listen and, and, and understand um, and provide that same opportunity for those who listen to this podcast. So, um, Jace, thank you so much. Do you have any final thoughts before we take off? 
Uh, yeah, I, I think really what I what I want to drive home more than anything is that for all the ways that we're dissimilar, we're actually pretty much the same. You know, there's mm. there's there's a big tendency to figure that you know, well, they believe in something drastically different than us, so they they must bind that you know same metric. They've got to be different in all sorts of other ways. And the reality is, no, you know, we still have the same fears. You know, when a hurricane's coming through, we're we're right there with you, hoping that it doesn't cause any damage. You know, if you own a home, we're there hoping that, you know, it's not going to damage the roof. Uh, you know, we're, we're, you know, when someone gets hurt, we don't want that mm-hmm. for them. We want to help them in any way we can. We're, we're all human. You know, we all have these base instincts. I and mean, whether you believe that's given to you by God or whether you believe that arises from natural processes, either or, the, the, at the end of the day, we all, you know, we all have the same heart. We all have the same body, more or less, and um, we all have the same DNA, more or less. So, you know, yeah. we, we really do have a lot of similarities. And I think instead of talking about how we're different, maybe the answer to more dialogue is talking about how we're the same. Yeah. And, I, and, awesome. I, and I really feel like we've done that. Now that's a, that is an awesome perspective. I really appreciate it. And, I, you know, I'm not going to lie. I was really kind of hoping that you would say for your final thoughts, like you would just throw everything out the window and just go, Christianity is wrong. You're all dumb. And I hate you. Like part of me was just hoping because that would have been absolutely hilarious. But um, your answer was much better. Uh, and um, your final thoughts are great. I really appreciate it. And I, I, I really do hope our listeners can get some um, some more information uh, from this, can learn a whole lot and and maybe be able to have some better interactions and conversations with the atheists in their lives. Uh, turns out you guys aren't all satanic, horrible people. Uh, <laughs> turns out you're people like us. Um, so I, man, I really appreciate you, your friendship. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, and I'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Ryan. So there's our conversation with Jace Kara. Thank you so much for listening. I do hope that you enjoyed that conversation. And once again, uh, this is just a conversation between two friends talking about uh, experiences. And you noticed uh, I owned up to some things that I uh, I did wrong and apologized for them. So this isn't this definitely isn't meant to be a high and mighty thing. It's just meant to be um, a kind of a peek into this kind of experience that we often don't get to hear about. So thank you guys so much for listening to this point. If you haven't yet, go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Um, or whatever podcatcher app you use. And if you do subscribe on iTunes, please, please leave a review. Reviews help me a ton, uh, and they help me uh, understand what I can do better and know what I'm doing well. Also, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash absurditypodcast. If you want to throw a couple dollars my way in to support what I'm doing here, I would really appreciate it. It helps keep the lights on uh, because this podcast does have monthly bills. But thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next week on Absurdity. And if you have any feedback, questions, comments, or suggestions for the show, you can email me at ryan180becker at gmail.com. Today's episode of Absurdity is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. To check them out, go to www.thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology.